everybody, this is Danae Starks from Diversify Education Group. We're bringing you another cross conversation. We're so excited today because we have none other than our own Vaughn McGee with us to have this discussion. Today we are talking about love. Yes. February um, is considered the month of love according to everything that we learned in school and all that kind of thing with Valentine's Day being celebrated on February 14th. So today we are talking about love. We wanted to bring this to you because a lot of us don't know what love is. A lot of us have never experienced true love. Some people think they know. Some people actually know. Some people are completely madly in love. They know what it is. They know what it's about and they do their best to just keep it going and keep it good. So today we're just having that conversation and we are just so excited. And um, do you want to say anything? I would say... uh... Hi to everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another Cross Conversation. The first two have been amazing. They talked about Christianity in the marketplace. Uh, Dr. Danae Starks took it over the second one with PTSD. And now we're here talking about love. And I'm just grateful to be a part and have this opportunity to talk and be a part of such this great, such a great movement. So your shirt says coming soon. Yes. Tell us what's coming soon. I'm going to show y'all. Uh, uh, Can y'all see I, that? I don't think it's going to work. But on the back it says Jesus. <laughs> It says Jesus on the back, coming soon. Jesus is Jesus coming soon. Coming. That's right. We don't know the date or the hour, right? Nobody does, but he is coming. So we just wanted to get that cleared up because I know some of y'all was wondering what is coming soon. All right. All right we're going to get this discussion going. What is love? What, do you, what is love to you? Uh, love to me is a sacrificial concept. You cannot love and take. You have to love and give. And I think that... Uh, the reason why love has been so hard to understand is because we use it so normally. We use it as part of our everyday language. I love pizza. I love that car. I love how the sky turns blue. I love this bird. I love that animal. But if we really understood what love is, then there's no way we love so many different things in so many different ways. So I think we have no accountability to the word love because we just use it in our everyday, everyday language. So it brings down the respect of the word love and what it actually means yeah that's a good point i never really thought about it that way how people just kind of just throw it out there um and build these expectations of love based off of them just throwing the word out there but we have to realize when we just talk about it or when we say it or when we put it out there it's out there and so there are some expectations that become attached to the word love in any type of relationship you're in. If your relationship was if with food, then you know you might over love it so much that you overeat. Or if it's with regards to an abusive relationship, you know that may be what you know to be love because they beat you and they said right. they loved you. So you didn't really experience what it really is. You just experienced what you experience as your definition of love. So what does the Bible say about love? All right. Uh- First Corinthians 13, verse 4 says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. So then we know that God is love. Yes. And so why then do you think people kind of just throw the word around as if it's a loose, um, something just kind of loosely 
given um, because the Bible talks about how God gave his only son for the sake of the world because he loved us that much. I don't know any mother. You're a, you're a only child. You're your mom's only son. I don't know that any mother. <laughs> I don't know that any mother would give up her only son for people that she don't know, for people that is going to abuse you, for people that's going to mistreat you, people that's going to talk about you, people that's going to ridicule. I don't know that any, I don't know any mother that would would do that in this time, but the Bible says that God loves us that much. Like that is unconditional love and so I think a lot of us experience love on certain levels but when you really have that true love of God and you really experience that unconditional love um that that's just a whole different level that's a whole different level I agree and I I think because we all come into an experience of love differently we all define love differently but there's only one true definition of love and that is God so to experience what love is it only can be attained by your relationship with the Lord. Um, because if not, then like you said, we use the word loosey-goosey or we use the words real love or true love. But love is love. We shouldn't have to put adjectives like true love as if there's a fake love or real love as if it's a counterfeit. It's Love is love. And it's only when you can come into a right relationship with the Lord that we can understand and thrive into the true meaning of what love is. Because if I'm a kid, I come into the world, my first contact with love is my parents. Mm -hmm. If I have a loving parent, then I can begin to form with a healthy idea of what love is. But what about the person who was abandoned as a a child? They say, well, how come my mom didn't want me? That's their first interactive of what they think love is. So their love, their perception of love then is abandonment or rejection. So when they get older, they mimic that in relationships. They, they, they identify love with rejection. Oh, well, you say you like, well, you're just going to leave me or you're just going to abandon me. So this is why it's important that we cultivate kids growing up and what love is because they imitate it when they get older. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And a lot of these roots that we do have um, that were just the seed, from a seed that was planted when we were younger, you know, a lot of people do grow up experiencing abandonment. Yeah. A lot of people do grow up experiencing neglect. A lot of people grow up experiencing abuse. And so because that seed was planted and they may not have necessarily come into the knowledge of like the truth, you know, which is God. When you grow up, you're just growing up doing things and making decisions based on what you know. And so then when you come into Christ, you're like this whole new creature and you have to experience this whole new type of way of life. Yeah. And you realize wow, like I never truly loved that person the right way. The right way. Or I never received love the right way. I heard somebody before talking about how um, they didn't grow up with a father in the home. And so it was hard for them to figure out how to accept the love of Christ and to accept Christ as their father because they never experienced it. What they did experience was what you said, abandonment, neglect, all these things. And so when they grew up, They didn't know how to be committed in a relationship. They didn't know how to treat someone, you know, uh, affectionately. They didn't know these things because they only went off of what they experienced growing up. And that was their norm, you know, because sometimes the things we experience, that that just becomes normal for us. But there really is another way that really flips that norm upside down. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. And it'll, you know, sometimes it messes up your mind. Like, you know, you get to tripping and stuff. Like, what is this? But I can say, like, when you get there, everything seemingly begins to make sense, you know, and, yeah. and you get to the bottom of some of these things, like these roots that were pl- from seeds that were planted, you know, when you were like in your adolescent years or what have you. Um, so what do you say about that? Like, what do you think about the person who who just they just don't know? Right. They don't they don't know how to commit. They don't know how to um, do anything. They don't they're not a person of affection. They're not a person of um, they just don't really have it. Like they have more of a hardened heart. They have more of a wall up because of their experiences. And nobody wants to be hurt. Right. I mean, right. some people live by the, the motto of I, I need to hurt you first before right. you hurt me. Right. But that's just not that's not that's not the way. Right. That's not even love. Right. Because we know now what love is because yeah. we heard about it. Right. According yeah. to the word of God. So what do you say to that? Like, how do you how do you help someone in that position? Honestly, I, I speaking from experience, it's how willing you are how willing you are to go into the depth of your relationship with Christ because whoever you go into a covenant with girlfriend wife uh even relationships between brothers and sisters God is the only one that knows how that person needs to be loved and so our relationship with the Lord opens us up to the possibility of loving others how they need to be loved because if I step into my own strength and try to love I don't have enough love Vaughn McGee doesn't have enough love to love anybody the way they need to be loved. But the God inside Vaughn knows how to give that love to that person in the way that they need to be loved so that we all can grow and flourish and nourish. I think that uh, growing up and in the society, we've confused love with lust. Mm. And we cannot differentiate, differentiate it too because what we saying that we love, we're really lusting after. And what I like to decide what's the difference is love sacrifices and always gives lust always takes so we get into a relationship thinking like oh what can i benefit from this right what can i get from this you're gonna make me whole well with that mindset that's not love love says uh, if i'm gonna get in a relationship, what can i give to this person this relationship to make this relationship work so as i love to give and if that person love to give i never lack because as they're giving i'm giving it's a cycle mm-hmm. that replenishes. But if I take, and if I'm always taking, 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 then that person feels depleted because they're they're not receiving the love that they did. And that's what I love about God. God says he loved the world so much that the first thing he did was he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. So if you really love, what are you willing to give for what you say you love? Mm-hmm. And it talks about in the Bible, um, love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. Um, I... I I believe that a lot of people treat their neighbor yep. the way that they treat themselves because a lot of times even even the saints yeah. even the saints yeah. listen just because you saved don't mean you really experience God's love on that level and so you know I I think a lot of us have experienced that where you listen if that's how you treat your your neighbor I don't want no parts of it because. Yeah. Clearly, that's how you respond to even yourself, you know, and self-love, self-care, self-esteem, everything about yourself, you know, how you feel about yourself is is going to, yeah, it's going to be a reflection. And so I think that even now, while we're even kind of twisting that way, I think that um, social media has something to do with people kind of putting themselves on a bigger, you know, playing field 
and promoting, you know, self-esteem, self-love, self-care, self, you know, everything. Like they're just appreciating themselves and loving on themselves and all this kind of thing. And that they will do that in return to their neighbor. However, we know that social media creates a false sense of everything, right? You talked about love and lust. Well, social media is all about likes, yeah. Right. And followers and yeah. stuff like that. These people don't love you. Right. Like they don't even know you. Right. right? You might have 10,000 friends. They're not really your friends. Right. Right. They're, they're really not because they don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know you. They don't know you. So when, when you say something wrong or when you do something controversial, guess what? Unfollow, block. We not, you know, we're not going to mess with you no yeah. more. Right. That's what I love that. Because I mean, what was you in this for? Yeah. Like you said, you yeah. know, there there is no relationship when it comes to social media. There is no relationship, even in media, period, because media kind of twists things a certain way to, you know, get views. Yeah. Get more money. Now people just doing it for the money. I mean, yeah. they've probably been doing it like that since the beginning of time. But now you can get paid, yeah, you real. know, by the number of followers, the number of viewers and all that kind of thing. So and I think it's it's all about the, like the perception of how can I make this look? Yep. Well, it looks good. I can get, I got a thousand likes. I mean, I must be loved, but a lot of us need to be honest. Instead of yeah. saying we love people, just, I like you. Yep. I like you. Because once you put that love, there's a certain type of responsibility that comes with love. Yep. And nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about how can you say you love God, but hate your brother who you see every day. Yep. You can't love a God that you haven't seen. And then you walk around hating the people that you see every, that's not love. And so you want to be able to say, oh, I love this. I love that. But if you can hate your brother, mm-hmm. then you don't, you can't love because love and hate can't reside in the mm-hmm. same place. And so I think, like you said, we love our neighbor as ourselves. The more that we understand what love is on ourselves and truly allow God to love on us, the easier it becomes to love on somebody else. Because it looks like this. If somebody makes me mad, Vaughn in the flesh will be like, I'm cool off you. But if the love of God will say, you know what? Love suffers long. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hold no record of wrong. I'm not going to be like, well, see, you did that yesterday and you said you, you were sorry, but now you're doing it again. That's not that's not love. And so I think the more we open ourselves up to God, the more we can really truly align ourselves to what love. And then we'll be more careful to say what we love and who we love. Yeah, we definitely be more careful because then, you know, you won't just throw it out there loosely and yeah. then be upset or feel any types of way when people remind you. Yeah. Because <laughs> people will remind you yeah. of what you said. They'll remind you of, of what you said back whenever, like you said, keeping that record and that checklist, you know? Yeah, for real. I, I'm good at that. I can keep record from what somebody told me, you know, on to the day, to the time, to the second. Because if you said it, I believe what you what you're saying, you know? And so if 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 you don't mean what you say, I'm a type of person don't say it, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm a type of person like you don't say you love someone unless you love someone, yeah. right? Yeah. You don't say you care about someone unless you care about them. And not only that, but your actions follow, right? Because when you love someone, it's not just an emotional feeling, mm-hmm. but a lot of times your actions are going to follow and support the words that you're speaking. And whether that be through any level of commitment, any level of affection, any level of just um, what you do, care and concern, you know, you may have, you may not be in a relationship as far as like a husband, wife, boyfriend, and girlfriend, but you may have a friendship with different people, or you may be affiliates of, yeah. you know, different ones, or, you know, you may fellowship at the same ministry. 
And, you know, if we're supposed to love one another, just like Christ has loved us, you know, then sometimes people just don't feel that way. They don't feel it reciprocated, especially in times of sickness or uh, death or hospitalization. I think we we're having a conversation earlier about, you know, sometimes people go into the hospital. All they want is somebody to call them and check on them. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. you don't see anybody for a while. All you want is to, for somebody to make you feel like, wow, that person really just they care about me. You know, that light is on, the light of Christ is on and they're actually showing love and they're, they're not just showing it like they're doing love. They're not just saying these words, you know, they're actually taking my commitment serious, you know, or my fellowship serious. And then they're, they're taking it a step further, yeah. you know, because if I'm down and out, if I'm sick, if I'm something like that, how does it make you feel when somebody calls you and says, Hey, you was just on my mind. I just wanted right. to check on you. Right. You know, how does it make you feel when you've been praying like, God, I don't even have a dollar. What am I going to do? And then all of a sudden you get that phone call or you get that text message where it's like, hey, I just sent you $500. Yeah. You're like, what? You know? So, I mean, love is also in it. There's action behind the word yeah. love, you know? And so, like you said, a lot of times it's just loosely given. But then on the back end, there's expectations yeah. of some level of commitment to what you loosely said. They don't know you loosely meant it, right? It goes back to intent. goes back to the heart. And that's why I believe that love is not so much of a feeling as it is a choice. Mm -hmm. Because when you choose to love, what you're saying is no matter how I feel, I still choose to love. Yeah. Whether you make me mad and my emotions is telling me this, I choose to love and say, you know what, despite of how I personally feel, love never fails. Mm -hmm. Love suffers long. Love is kind. Love doesn't rejoice in iniquity. If we choose to love... Then when the person doesn't live up to our expectation, we don't really just be quick to leave. When you're quick to leave, when you're quick to do this, you're just really looking for an opportunity to get out. And that's not really, it's not really love. Like love tells, says, you know, I, I'm sacrificing and I'm going to suffer long. Mm -hmm. um, just like what's going on uh, with, in social media today where somebody's been married for so long and now this person is not able to respond how they want. They quickly just move on. But that's not love. Yeah. Yeah. Love has no expiration date. And I just think that it goes back to the model of God. God says before the foundation of the world, yeah. he knew us. He he knew what Vaughn would do wrong and he still hasn't changed his mind about me. Right. So in First Corinthians 13, wherever we see love, I can really say God. God is long suffering. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. God is kind. Because there's plenty of opportunities that God could have said, you know what, I'm cool up on. But yet he still sent his son. He died for me. Um, and probably with the expectation or without even thinking of that, if I, he died, let me say it like this, God, Christ died for us, yep. even if we wouldn't accept the gift that he gave us, but he still died for us. Mm -hmm. And so that's what true love is. If, if I love you so much, even if I would like love back, but even if you don't, it shouldn't really deter my love for that, that person, you know? And so I, I think that it all goes back to how God dealt with us with his son. Mm -hmm. And the closer we get to the Lord, the more we can experience God's love. Yeah. And you cannot experience God's love and not show God's love. Mm -hmm. It just happens so naturally. As God begins to cultivate our hearts. That's right. And we see how God has been patient with us. But I, I, I've been saved a long time. But in my salvation walk, I have slipped. But God didn't deal with me like I would deal with somebody else. That's right. So how can I then turn to my neighbor who does me wrong and be like, oh, well, you know, then that's not God's love. 
you know. And so I think that it is all measured back to our relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You can tell where somebody is with their relationship with the Lord, how they, like you said, love their neighbor. Mm-hmm. Now, what about the person who is just, they, they, they truly just have, you know, that agape love, that love that just is unconditional. It extends so far, but they've experienced so much um, abuse as in the form of maybe they've been taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've extended themselves here and they've been kind of guilt tripped into if you don't do it, then you don't love me. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe this person has been just, well, if you really love us, then you'll give us money, mm-hmm. you know, or you'll financially contribute, even if it's your last. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you how do you help that person? Because sometimes that causes so much damage to where you know, the person becomes hurt. They they don't want anything to do with God. They don't want anything to do with um, Christianity. They don't want anything to do with the church. They don't want anything. They want to be so far away from that stuff mm-hmm. because they have been taken advantage of, because they have been hurt. You know, how do you explain that God's love never changed? Right. Right? But like you said, our love uh-huh. becomes dependent on some different things sometimes. So how do you how do you help that person? I think there's two things. I think it's twofold. Uh, I will, like you said, God love is constant, never changes. Yeah. And this is where we want to align ourselves with God's love. Yeah. But with God's love comes God's wisdom. And mm-hmm. that's where we don't want to, we don't really talk about the wisdom of God because when God gives you his love, he also is going to give you his wisdom. Yeah. So it looks like this. If I'm being taken advantage of, I have to have the wisdom to say no. We yeah. identify saying yes all the time with love, but love will also say Say no. Yes, it will. And so when you can adapt adapt that concept that just because I say no does not mean I don't love you. I think that would help us empower us to be able to not be taken advantage of. It's just like my dad growing up. If I only went to my dad because I wanted something and the minute he says no, I'd be like, oh, well, you're just such a bad father. That means I don't really love. If, If me saying no deters you from still loving, then you're not really loving me in the first place. That's right. But That's whether my dad said no, yeah, I'm probably upset I didn't get the game, but it didn't change my love that I had for my for my dad. It's like uh same thing with God. We go to God with our hand out so, so mm-hmm. much. And the minute God doesn't give us what we want, we turn away. But is that do we really have a real relationship with God? And so I think with God's love comes God's wisdom. And we need to apply God's wisdom to every relationship and situation because God's not gonna put you in a situation for you to get taken advantage of. So we have to ask ourselves, okay, Lord, what is your will for this relationship? Mm-hmm. Show me how to love without me taking on the hurt and being taken advantage of. Give me the wisdom to be able to say no and stand with my no and, and be able to be comfortable comfortable with that. So I, I, I would say that to the person, you have to seek God's love and also seek the wisdom of God as well. Now, let's talk about what's hot right now in, in media, period, <laughs> right? Like, because it really concerns... Um, a lot of people, and it really speaks to going back to love and even just the foundation of love. But right now in social media, you know, or in media, there is a big deal. <laughs> it's, it's something that's a big deal right now where, you know, um, there's a couple who've been married 27 years or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And the hus- uh, the wife has dementia, Alzheimer's, and the husband now, um, he doesn't believe in death do you part if you're not mentally there. And so now he's moved on. Um, has a, moved in his girlfriend. And so now, you know, you're kind of propagandizing the situation uh, 
that your wife is in it. So some have interpreted like, how can that be love? Right. You know what I mean? You you do have a marital commitment here, and you do have um you know the commitment under God and all this kind of thing when you got married. But because the person is not all the way mentally there anymore, you you didn't walk away because you are there. You are taking care of them, right? But you're not there um, committed to the relationship anymore, right. committed to the marriage anymore. Right. Because you've easily moved in. You, you got a whole nother girlfriend and you've moved her into y'all house where all three of you live. But the cold piece about it is because of the dementia she she doesn't know like right. she doesn't register you know what's going on and so to me it would it would be hard for me to believe that there's some true love there right right because if you can just drop me like that now now on one hand yes you are taking care of me right so that's great that's appreciated but on the other hand it's almost like an excuse to just live your life how you want to do it at this point so Bringing that to more, you know, what what kind of some people that we know or just us, what we would experience in life or have experienced in life. We've all been put in situations where right. uh, some of us have been put in the situation. Some of us just the situation happened. You know, folks have either walked out because you couldn't do anymore. Right. right? You couldn't you you something caused you to not be the same person anymore. That was outside of your control, you know. Or, um, you know, maybe they walked out. Maybe they just moved on and didn't really tell you. So mm-hmm. you're still lost, mm-hmm. right? Not that you're outside of your mind, but you're still just kind of like, what happened? Right. Right. <laughs> right? I thought you loved me. That's, that's usually the response. People say, I thought you loved me. That's why, you know, when you talk about just losing, using the words loosely, it's like, you really can't do that right. because it goes back to that. So, like, that's like a real big thing right now. Right. In media, not just social media, in media. But it's a real big topic of conversation just for people, right? Because it's almost like, how do you do that to someone you love Yeah, at all? Yeah, and I think it's because he had conditions on his love Mm -hmm. when love is unconditional. And so um, I saw another level of love when my grandmother was on the treadmill one day. She had a stroke, slipped off, and slipped into a coma. And my grandpa got her to the hospital, um, but she was she was in a coma, so they put her into a home. She was in the home for 365 days, but every day for 365 days, my grandpa went to where she was, stayed there 12 hours a day, uh, massaged her hands because he didn't want her fingers locking up. He would pack a bag of her clothes because he said every every day he got there, he's like, "This is gonna be the day that my wife comes home." So he sat there 12 hours a day. Wow. Make sure her hair was done. Make sure he had somebody come get her nails done. Talk to her. Play, put her favorite TV show on there. Pray with her. Preach to her. And it was like that for every day, 12-hour days. And you so, said 365. That means an entire year. An entire year, he was there every single day Wow. for 12 hours. And the only reason why it didn't go long is because my grandma ended up passing. Um, but that's a that that was an example for me of yeah. what love looks like. I mean, he could have just left her in that room. Yeah. He could have just went on with his life. But not only did he visit her, he made sure her hair was done, her nails was done. Wow. He had fresh clothes ready for her to come home. He talked to her. And this is what the love that God wants us to be with. Mm-hmm. Because how can we get into relationships and everything be good for 25 years 
and then the last year something happens and then I'm cool off you, that shows what was really in your heart. Yeah. It shows yeah. that you're waiting for an opportunity to now go fulfill your lust for your or your earthly or your fleshly desires. Yeah. But love says I'm in it to, to the end. God didn't give up on me because I went through a streak of whatever I was going through. God could have turned around and said, oh, you tripping now. That's but no. Right. And so I think it all goes back to what we consider what love is. Yeah. I think we should close with this thought because yeah. I think that was a very good example of, of summing up this conversation. Yeah. You know, how much more loving can you be exactly. than to be by somebody's side who does not know you're there exactly for 365 days not just your love for that person but your love for god wow. to believe in your mind and in your heart that the lord is going to wake her up out of this yeah. coma at any given point and so when he does we're going to be ready to go ready to your go. hair is done your feet is done your nails is done yeah. your outfits is together you getting up out this bed and we going <laughs> at that time right yeah that's some serious love. Yeah. That's some serious love. He didn't leave her. He was committed to his commitment, yeah. right? And I think a lot of times that is the issue. Mm -hmm. That a lot of people just don't, they just don't commit. Not for real. Right? For real. But it comes from somewhere, yeah. right? That fear or that lack of commitment, it comes from somewhere. But that's why the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. Yep. The only way to get out of that fear is to love. That's it. Yeah, love, try it. Love casts out. Love is worth the risk. Right. It's worth the risk. Right. It's worth the risk. Yes. Yeah, so, the risk. if anything, I could say last. I mean, it could just be, just try. Just try the relationship with Christ. Try to receive God's love. Yeah. You know, God's God's love will teach you some stuff that you literally never knew yeah. about yourself, but also, again, how to treat your neighbor, how to treat your family members different, how to just be more of a loving person showing that that being that light of Christ and things like that. So what do you have to say final? Oh man. Um he's a preacher. He can say so much at the end to to close it up, right? We don't need three closes. We just need <laughs> uh, if I could just say anything is that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In order to get to that love that we need and that we seem to be, it first starts off with God. Yeah. As your relationship grows with God, your love will grow and everything will just come full circle. That's right. Well, we thank you guys for tuning in with us. We had so much fun yes. talking about um, this topic of love. We'll be back with the next episode soon. Just know that Jesus is coming soon. If y'all didn't see the back of the shirt, rewind this all the way back to the beginning. Because <laughs> we are out of here. Good night.